Australia's recession risk. Let's have a look. Good afternoon, everyone. Florian Heiser here, and welcome to another episode of Heiser Says. I've got my hashtag not sponsored $1 coffee at the moment because I've just come back from a client meeting. I always, always grab one when I'm driving around. And I thought we'd have a look at this article from James Hall from news.com.au because it's to do with the GDP results that came in and surprised some people that we actually had growth. So the over the, the course of the year, our GDP growth was well, not that bad, taking into account what's going on. Now, some people sent me messages saying they were surprised at this. They thought it would be worse. Rachel was watching it, interested to see if we'd actually hit negative growth. I, I thought, I'm not sure. I don't think if all of the disasters the natural disasters, the decline in travel and trade. I don't know if that actually hit deep enough into that quarter to affect the growth, and it looks like it hasn't. One example I'll draw your attention to is the building approvals. Look at the the seasonally adjusted dive in building approvals in January. So that'll get caught in the next GDP growth quarter, not in that one. It's part of this year. So maybe it's a little delayed, and we'll start to see what is actually happening. But of course, the government is aware of what's going on and they looks like we're going to have stimulus spending and it calls for more shovel-ready projects. So let's have a look at this. The Australian economy grew by half a percent, beating market expectations and keeping its near-decade run of positive growth alive. And what we'll do is we'll jump to one of my favorite websites, Trading Economics. You can see here, half a percent growth and for the December quarter and the market expectations was 0.3 the trading economics forecast was 0.4 so they've beaten both of them beaten all expectations I'm I'm surprised that it, they've beaten expectations to be honest I, I thought chances of it being negative probably wasn't that high I think we'll see that this year but wow the December quarter figures, however, don't take into account the crippling impact of the dead, deadly virus and the majority of the summer's devastating bushfires. The 0.5% uptick narrowly beat, narrowly beat what analysts and economists had predicted, but, Bureau, but Australian Bureau of Statistics Chief Economist Bruce Hockman said growth remains below the long run average. Well, yes, I've looked at that in a previous video asking the question if Australia is in a depression. Our economy has been depressed <clears throat> since the GFC. On a per capita basis, our growth has been below trend, below the running average. The quarterly figures accelerated annual economic growth to 2.2%. But BIS Oxford economics chief economist Sarah Hunter said the negative indicators hanging there are negative indicators hanging over the economy remain. The outbreak is putting a substantial strain on the global economy through disruption to tourism, higher education, global supply chains and financial markets, she said. The hit to services, exports and emerging and emerging disruption in supply chain coupled with the earlier drag from the bushfires will likely result in a contraction in Q1. And the risk of a recession has increased materially. We saw also the Fed in the US cut rates by 50 points between meetings. But of course, the economy is still strong there. 
So, are they concerned? Bloody oath they are. The RBA has forecast the, ec the economy's growth to tick, al tick along to 2.75% through, through this year, which AMP chief economist Shane Oliver said is way too optimistic. Now, to be fair, the RBA tends to be have a spotty record with predictions. Let's just have a look at this chart that shows you the wage price index forecast from the RBA. Sure, they'll get it right one time. They'll have to. Due to the bushfires and virus, March quarter GDP growth is expected to be negative. And even assuming a rebound in growth in the June quarter, we see growth throughout this year at just 1.5%, he said. However, there is a rising risk of recession because if the outbreak is not contained soon, then June quarter growth could be negative as, as well, which would make the first recession since the early 1990s. Does everyone remember that recession? And, and here's the thing. Do you think the current government would want to be the one remembered that was in tower when Australia was in recession? wonder what uh there's a generation though that doesn't know what a recession's like that only knows good times that only knows property going up that only knows the cash rate going down i've got to update that we're now down here guys i'll get to that later i mean there you go 0 0.75 wasn't low enough now we're at 0 0.5 wow so less than 24 hours ago the reserve bank of australia enacted an emergency response aren't they all emergency responses now i think it should only be considered an emergency if it's between meetings an emergency response and slashed interest rates to a fresh historic low of 0.5 percent as trillions of dollars has been had been wiped off the global share markets last week the s p 500 on wall street experienced its worst week since the global financial crisis with more than six trillion lost in value while the asx continued its downward trajectory this morning. Central bank boss Philip Lowe cited the spread of the deadly outbreak when he reduced the official cash rate for the fourth time since June. The virus has clouded the near-term outlook for the global economy, and that means that global growth for the first half of 2020 will be lower than earlier expectations, he said. It's too early to tell how persistent the effects will be and at what point the global economy will return to an improving path. So the government is blamed for the cost of living burden. Well, it feels certainly like cost of livings are going up. The Morrison government's $158 million tax cut package for lower to middle income earners was aimed to reduce the burden of household costs by stimulating the economy. The central bank tried to help too. Three interest rate cuts in 2019 wiped hundreds of dollars of monthly mortgage repayments in an effort to seduce an uptick in consumer activity. In the last six months alone, over 8 million Australians have received more than $6 billion in additional income, contributing to the fastest increase in household disposable income in a decade, Treasurer Josh Frydenberg said in a statement provided to news.com.au. But prominent economist Stephen Kakoulis said neither the tax breaks or rate cuts had had a material impact on a sputtering economy as Aussies pocketed extra crash to relieve other personal financial struggles such as debt. 
He said when the government handed down the 2019 budget, it expected the economy's growth to tick up, unemployment to fall, inflation to be closer to 2%, and wages to increase at a more healthy rate. Well, it shows you it's just all based on fantasy. Wait till there's a decline in state revenue due to reduced reduced royalties from what well, they managed to even get from the natural resources. So you run through the checklist now, and it's fallen short on all those measures. And while the RBA has cut rates to where they are, people aren't feeling op- optimistic, the former advisor to Prime Minister Julia Gillard told News.com. Isn't he the one that, that uh, seems to think the bushfires would be good for the economy too? So I don't know if I can trust him that much. If you doubt that, go and uh, someone made a, a good comment. Just smash up your house, get the insurance money, and see if you're better financially off at the end of the process. The overarching thing is consumers aren't feeling very confident. And well, and the consumer confident data I have here shows you definitely not. Mr. Kakula said the most practical way forward to solve the nation's crippling money worries was to take a macro approach. Get unemployment closer to 4% can help the economy grow. But the problem is the way that unemployment is measured is a joke, really. Uh, unemployment rate is closer to 9.7% according to the Roy Morgan methodology, but the underutilization rate, where you've nearly got a fifth of the workforce either unemployed or not working at the capacity, that's what we need to worry about. So, and the quickest way to do that was for the coalition government to give up on its insistence to return the budget to surplus and spend big on public projects such as infrastructure. If unemployment gets lower, you get wage growth starting to pick up because you get scarcity of labor, the economist said. But then, well, the government's already already in debt. So it's going to be future generations that will be stuck with a burden. And I think the coalition government will have no choice but to do it. They'll definitely sacrifice the surplus to stimulate the economy any way they can. What do you think, guys? Where do you think it will head? How are you positioning yourself to take advantage of it? I mean, there have to be business opportunities in tough times. Let us know in the comments. Thanks for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe. If you're a fan of the channel, there's several ways you can support us. You can join the channel here on YouTube or on Patreon for a small monthly fee. You can make use of our affiliate links at Amazon or eBay for your consumer purchases, or KuCoin or Independent Reserve for the crypto trading. You can purchase our pocket squares that you can find in the pinned link below, handmade by Rachel right here in Queensland. Or finally, you can donate via PayPal. It all helps, and we really appreciate it. Take care, guys. Have a great day, and I will see you in the next video. Bye for now.